Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Ted Lau, who is a successful podcast host of Marketing News Canada, where he has interviewed Google's chief measurement strategist, Neil Hyun, and Karina Kogan, CMO of Aura Ring. Ted is also the founder and CEO of Ballistic Arts, a high-touch, award-winning lead generation digital marketing agency. Over the years, Ted and his team have created online lead generation and brand awareness campaigns for some of North America's best-known brands such as Ted Hortons, C-SPAN, and Concord Pacific. In today's episode, Ted shares how he keeps things in perspective and still finds going to work every day exciting and fulfilling while meeting client expectations. That was a mouthful, man. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, all good. Thanks, Jeff, for, for that. And you know what? I do this all the time. And this is why we don't really do it live on on, on Marketing News Canada, because I gotta I gotta read through, you know, three or four paragraphs of intros and last names and you know, universities that I've never heard of before. So, you know, I, I fumble through them all and I have a great editor that takes care of that all. You know, the cool thing about live is that it makes it more authentic. And while I agree with you, you know, a lot of that stuff should be edited out. It also makes us more human and makes us all more related, uh, relatable. So thank you you so much for joining me, man. I appreciate you helping me through this. Ted, uh, tell me a little bit about your background. You have worked with some of the coolest names, both in Canada and around the world. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to be so awesome. Thanks. Well, well, Jeff, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, Pleasure to be here. I guess the background really is, you know, I started kind of like uh, like a lot of people do, entrepreneurs. I, I started in the room above my parents' garage. So I started this agency. Oh gosh, it's it's twenty years almost to the to the day. We're in in two weeks. We'll we'll be uh, twenty years old. And I started in the room above my, above my parents' garage. It was um, really something. I, I realized I didn't really want to work for somebody, and I, I was very much into creative and and I wanted to do video production. I actually wanted to be a documentary filmmaker. And I realized, well, you know, it's um, actually uh, not that easy to be a documentary filmmaker and you can't really make a lot of money uh, being a documentary filmmaker. So I started going to knock on doors and, and you know, just taking the yellow pages and calling restaurants and law firms and all that kind of stuff to find out, hey, does anyone need a video? And uh, this is, again, back in the day of DVDs and VHS tapes. And you know, most of these people didn't even have TVs in their in their restaurants or in their places and uh, of business. And so... They said, well, actually, no, we, we don't, we don't need that. We don't need video, but, um, I noticed that you designed your own brochure and you design us a brochure and I, I was, you know, 21 at the time. I'm like, uh, yes, yes, I can. And so just on the spot, quoted the client and started designing brochures 
not knowing really how to do that. I didn't know what crop marks were. I didn't know pan tones, nothing. But, you know, you know, as entrepreneurs do, you kind of just try to figure out your way. And so we did that. And then, you know, I think it was like six months later, hey, this this web fad isn't going away. These clients would say, yeah, yeah, notice that you built your own website. Can you can you build a website for me? And yes, yes, I can. And so for a number of years, when we first started working, uh, it was me and a, another guy and uh, we, we started the, the company together. And it was really just kind of roll up your sleeves, do what you can, make a name for yourselves. And we got into a lot of junior mining uh, here in Vancouver, Canada. There's a large contingent of junior mining folks, um, at least pre-Great Recession. And so we did that for a number of years, branding, websites, videos. And uh, then the recession happened. And so we're like, oh, geez, what are we going to do? So we were lucky enough in Vancouver. We had the 2010 Olympics and, and real estate was starting to take off. And so we did a lot of work in real estate development. We also did a lot of work with healthcare providers and not-for-profit associations. And that helped us kind of grow our name, grow our brand. We went from two guys in the room of my parents' garage into a basement after I got married. And then we got into a real office after eight years of business. So, you know, I was very cheap as an entrepreneur. I didn't really care about looking good as it were. It was just, you know, how can I make a go of it and make sure I get to do fun things? And uh, about eight years in, after we had our first, our only daughter, our only child, um, we, my wife invited us to consider getting an office because, you know, baby and business don't really work all that well together in the same house. So we, we got an office, we grew uh, up to about 20, 25 people. And then three years ago, I bought out my business partner. I had a vision of, of changing course for the business and trying to figure out, okay, well, where do we want to go? And I was talking to a lot of my clients and they were saying, you know what, Ted, love the creative work that you're doing, but I would really love for you to get into social media. And for those of you who might know me personally, I freaking hate social media, right? Like that's a little secret here. I'm not a big social media guy myself. And I was like, why, why clients do you want me to do social media? And they're like, well, you know, what, Ted, you know, ballistic arts is really good at the creative. You want us a lot of awards and done all that kind of stuff. And we're talking to digital marketers and, and creative, uh, sorry, uh, digital marketers and, and, and social media people they don't really understand brand and story as much. They're really more focused on the data. And that kind of got me thinking. And so I was talking to a lot of digital marketers. I've been in the space at that time, about 17 years. I said, oh, well, you know, uh, what do you guys exactly do for your clients? They're like, well, we get them likes on Facebook, build their awareness, get their followers. And I'm like, and how much do you pay a month for this? And they're like, mm, this much. And I'm like, holy geez, like that's how much. So I was kind of thinking as a small business owner, you know, again, frugal, I was actually, uh, yeah, you're missing out. Hey, what? Yeah, you're, well, I was kind of like, well, hold on. So I'm, you want me to pay you X dollars a month to get likes on Facebook? And I was thinking, look, well, if I'm going to pay someone that much, as a business owner, I want to see a return. So I went back to some of these clients and I kind of said, without knowing, I was just like, I don't know. Like, I don't really think I should get into just social media and stuff. Like, what if I got you leads? What if I was able to actually get you business? And one of my clients who's still with us uh, was like, Ted, if you do that, I will never leave you. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went away. I tried to change course. And man, running, being an entrepreneur of this long, you, you have your ups and downs. And this was during the downtime. I had just bought out my partner. It was a big, messy divorce. I had, I'll tell that story another day. But it was, it was really, really not fun. And trying to sell staff who were already upset about the culture change, the, the the business and all this kind of stuff going, hey, we're not going to just do creative anymore. We're going to go into digital marketing and, and social and, and get leads for, for clients. Like These people are like, oh, are you kidding? No, we're not going to do that. 
So I was actually offering free courses to my staff to go like, hey, everybody, you, you guys can take this. I'll retrain everybody. No one wanted to take it up, take it up for, for me. And I'd already paid for the course. So I'm like, well, screw it. I'm just going to go take it myself. So I go and take this program. And uh, the final project of, of that program, this, this, this client, oh, sorry, I, had this, I had this client in mind for this project. So I swapped the, the school logo with my client logo. And so a week after the, the project was done for school, I go and present this, this proposal, this final project to my client. I'm like, hey, so um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think about this? Do you think this would be something that you would want to do? And this client was like, that's exactly what I need. And I'm like, really? How, how much do you think you would pay for this? And the client you know, spewed out a number. I'm like, oh, funny you should say that. That's exactly how much I was going to charge. And so that was kind of how we started our, our lead generation digital marketing department. It was a half a body, my video producer, um, who's still with us, um, happened to work at a digital marketing agency prior to coming to Ballistic. And I was like, hey, Jay, uh, so I got this uh, project. I know you're supposed to do video now, and but I got this project. Can you help? And we kind of just started growing. And over COVID, we were very lucky, you know, knock on wood. And, and I know COVID was a little bit of a, you know, obviously it was, it was, it was devastating for a lot of families and a lot of businesses. And, and for us, we were just, I think, think just lucky, right place, right time. People got wind that we were able to get leads and keep doors open. And so people started calling and and we kind of grew over COVID that department. And so been very lucky. And and that's kind of how we, we are now. We've won a ton of awards and we get our clients. I think last stats is we increase sales leads up to about 650% for our clients. I mean, that's not a small thing to, to shake at. And um, most of our clients are B2B, small, medium-sized businesses that struggle um, trying to figure out how they get leads from digital marketing. And so that's kind of what we do. You know, what's really great about that story is how you were able to pivot along with the times, right? So first of all, the one thing I didn't hear in that story was, you know, pursuing the shiny object, right? It didn't sound like you were necessarily looking towards, you know, like the next thing that popped, you know, in your eyes, but at the same time you were thinking like, okay, I got to grow this thing. And, you know, I need to find specific ways that I can make this really happen. Right. And the cool thing about the, uh, the cool thing about the creative part is, yeah, it's creative, you know, it's nice, you know, it's always cool to be out there, but then when you get into some of the more mechanical stuff, right? Like how was that? You mentioned that your team, you know, gave you some static when you were trying to pivot that, how long did it take you to get them to overcome that hump in order to go down that, uh, <laughs> Uh, well, so thank you for your kind words there, Jeff. So, you know, shiny objects, we all talk about entrepreneurs, you know, having ADD shiny object, right? Syndrome. And so, uh, as much as I would like to say, no, I'm very much focused and, you know, looking for market opportunity. My life, uh, has all has very much been, I got to be careful about what I say, because I tend to manifest destiny. I kind of just, you know, Donald Trump could probably thank me for this. I, I made a joke one time about, you know, Donald Trump becoming uh, president. This is back in, I think, 2013 or 2014. And lo and behold, you know, now he's president, right? It was like, so not saying that that was the case, but I, I tend to say things and, and things happen. And so we expanded to the West Coast US because that was something that after I bought up my partner, my COO came on, my new COO came on board and we were doing a 10-year plan. He's like, Ted, where do you, where do you want to go? And I was like, uh, I just survived a terrible year 
you know, um, trying to clean up the mess after the the big messy divorce of my, my business partner. I just want to survive. And he wouldn't let it go. He was like, just, 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 you gotta, you gotta find a goal. You know, you gotta, you gotta put something out there. And so I was like, okay, well, just to get him off my back. I'm like, ah, we're going to grow through into the U S West coast. That's all I said. And so he wrote it down and that was it. And within a month, I met somebody who is the executive director of the Maple Business Council. And for those of you who don't know, it is a group that promotes cross-border trade between the United States and Canada. And I'd never heard of this group before. I didn't know anything about it. And like, it's just because I had that put it out there. So because of that, I had connections on how to meet people in, in different regions and, and kind of grew the business from there. And so that happened with the social media thing. I just... I talked to a client, clients like, I think you should do this. And I was like, hmm, maybe. And then just kind of explored it and went down. Now, when you asked, how did I change my staff's opinion and, and their perspective and get them on board? Well, the truth of the matter is, Jeff, I did not. I failed miserably at that. And um, part of the big disaster that I had in 2019 was um, I had about 80% turnover. So I had, you know, 20 somewhat staff and month after month for about 10 months, I had one, two, three people resign, you know, and they would leave and, and I'm not going to get into the gross nitty gritty of it, but y'all can read my glass door reviews about how terrible of a human being I am and, and all that on, 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 on social media. So it, it didn't, it didn't work. And I think that was the, the lesson that I learned that as much as you might have certain intentions for people, people are people and they have their particular dreams and goals and pursuits. And as much as I might want to offer them something that might be an opportunity, if they don't see it as that, no matter how hard I push, it's not going to work. And so it was pretty evident, maybe not in the thick of it, but as I was coming out, that I really did need to kind of change the team. It's kind of like, I'm not, I'm no longer playing baseball. I'm playing football. So I can't do that. Or maybe, you know, we'll talk football. Like I'm doing West coast offense now. And so I got to have a different kind of quarterback, a different kind of run style. Right. It's, I know we talked about soccer last time, uh, but in the pre-call, but I, I don't watch enough soccer to know. So it's just, you, you need different players in, in your team. And it's really, it's a really difficult process. And to be honest, like I have many a mentor who's gone through hell and back business people. And they would always say, you know, I, I went through all that. It was terrible. And, you know, but I learned a lot and I don't regret it ever happening. And it was great for me. I wouldn't say Jeff that I regretted, like I, I, I still, I, I'm not happy that it happened. Like I'm not happy whatsoever that it happened, but I, it was a learning lesson and I grew from it. How many times would you say that you've had to reinvent yourself or your business? Oh, man. Well, Oh man, probably at least half a dozen times in the last 20 years. And so it, 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 it isn't that amazing? I, I, wait, but I mean, think about that for a second. We have grown up, come of age and become professionals in an age where mm -hmm. we can actually do that. Right. Where our parents did not necessarily have that opportunity to just decide, well, you know, I'm not going to be a plumber anymore. I'm going to go do, yeah. I'm going to go do knitting you know, or whatever it is, right? We have been able to, you know, using the tools that we've been afforded right now to make these pivots in relatively lightning time Oh yeah. in order to make it happen and be successful about it. Right. I mean, it is, it is painful when you go through it, I'll tell you. And, and I did, you know, growing up uh, in high school, there was a career person that was coming into school and kind of prepping us for the workforce. And 
I remember she had said, you know, as much as your parents worked at this place for 30 years or whatever, good luck. The average person's probably going to change their careers five or six times in their lifetime. And I remember thinking like, wow, that's kind of crazy. And that's kind of exciting. And it's funny because as much as I've had my business for 20 years, yeah, we started as a video production company. Then we were more of a production house. Then we got into different industries. Like I said, junior mining. Then we got into healthcare. Then we got into real estate. And then we got into creative and branding and became like experts at that. And then, you know, when the direction changed yet again, um, sometimes when, when, when that happens though, those that came along for the ride aren't the right fit for the next ride. And that was a painful realization, especially when it came to my business partner, who I saw as a brother for the first 17 years of my life or my, not my life, my, my business life. Your professional life. You know, what's interesting about that story is, you know, Hey, hey let's just call us what we are. Mm-hmm. You know, we're old men at this point. Right. And, you know, it's like, you know, from a professional point of view, basically now we have the opportunity to take those different skill sets that we have brought up over the past, uh, you know, over the past 20 years and been, been able to apply them in newer and more creative ways. Right. Because, you know, like, like you were describing, you know, you had this creative agency going on, you know, and you did some of the, you know, the drawing the lines and the, you know, making the boxes and the color matching and all that. And then you switch gears into, into the more analytical work. Right. And what happens is that now you have to pay attention not only to, you know, the creative parts, you know, if I put this box here or if I make it yellow versus red, now I have to measure to see exactly what happened to the leads that I'm bringing in. Right. Did I, did I get more? Did I get less? Did I alienate anybody? You know, like all of that stuff. Right. So what happens is you're actually developing a new mixture of a skill set, right? Which is able to marry, you know, both the creative side and the analytical side in order to increase ROI Mm -hmm. for your customers. Absolutely. Right. Talk to me a little bit about, about how you saw that come about, you know, once you were able to, you know, get the client that was able to really see the greatness in both of those skills that you demonstrated how did that come about? I, I, you know, how did that start and what kind of results were you able to bring with them now that you had all this extra experience? Yeah, uh, thanks for that question. I mean, as much as I would like to tell you that, wow, this is because I had some big game plan and I scoped it out and all that kind of stuff. No, it was more, you know, getting where you fit in and realizing over time in a short order amount of time, but still over time where our strengths lie. And so our secret sauce today is, and that I guess that kind of parlays into the big, one big tip here is that we realized marrying creative and data was super important. And so you talked about the check boxes and the colors and the fonts and stuff. Well, if I could have a dime for every time someone disputed the color Pantone uh, green or or fuchsia, this, this needs to be an extra, you know, a little bit more Huey this way or red that way, or the font needs to be bigger by 15%. Like it was all subjective. That's the thing with creative. It's still relatively subjective. It's an opinion of a small committee as to what we should be putting out there in the marketplace. And a lot of creatives, and I'm not saying all, but at least the creatives that I've, I've worked with and worked in my shop and, and, and when are, are very much sensitive to the fact that it's their opinion and their ego on the line, and they don't, aren't really that receptive to data saying otherwise 
And I'll give you an example. I had a client who was selling high-end condos on a private lake. $1.5 million was the starting price tag for these private condos. And the condos are on a lake. And so the client, he had hired some other group before they brought us on because they, they the reason why they brought us on was because they were not getting enough leads. And he had a bunch of creative, and one of which was a, a, a photograph of a kayaker on the lake, beautiful sunset, lone kayaker on this lake. And he's like, I really want this for my ad. And I'm thinking in my back, back of my head, I'm like, is this going to help sell condos? Like, I don't, I don't think so. Now, back before we did this, I would have probably argued tooth and nail with the client going, this is wrong. This is the reason why we should do something else and yada, yada, yada. But because in the world of data, all we did was create a bunch of ads, included one of his ads, which was this photo of the kayaker in the lake, on the lake. We put it out there and we let the data tell us the story because, you know, I'm not going to be right all the time, but you know, for this particular instance, there was eight ads and number eight ranking was the kayaker on the lake. So that ad was not performing. It cost the client the most. And all I did was, Hey, Mr. Client, I didn't argue. So he doesn't know there was any static. So I was just like, Hey, so just so you know, this, this picture that you really like, it's, it's not performing. What do you want to do with it? And the client immediately went, well, I'm not married to it, but that's, uh, you know, we don't need to use that. So no static, the data was great that way. Now, with regards to this one big tip, what I would tell your listeners, the audience today is that it's not just about the creative and data. It is actually about the making ad content that is not actually an ad to the audience. Because we all get bombarded with advertising all the time. And we actually discern what is advertising Advertising is basically the stuff that isn't relevant in our day-to-day life and what is content, even though it's ad boosted, it's paid. So Star Trek fan, I'm a super Star Trek fan and we can talk about Strange New Worlds all day long. Two episodes, fantastic, love it. Best Star Trek in probably a generation. But whenever those trailers came out and those ads came out, they're ads, they're ads. Let's not, let's not lie about that but that is freaking content for me. Like I'm like, can, where can I look for more and all that kind of stuff. So I would encourage any of your digital marketers, entrepreneurs, anyone that's listening to think about who they're trying to talk to, what gets them excited about something in their business. Maybe it's tips, maybe it's information, whatever that is, give them that information, stick it as, as ads and, and track, make sure you, you make the ads look appealing to that audience, something that's relevant to them and make sure that you target your persona very, very well because you're not, it's like walking into a bar. You're not going to go ask somebody to marry you, right? You know, first meet, Hey, you want to marry you? You want to marry me? Like that's, even if someone said yes, that's probably not going to work out in the end. So if you're able to send out really good, relevant content, very targeted, that's what I'm talking about. Matching creative and data. Be patient. It's going to take some time, but over not even that long of a time, two, three months, you're going to start seeing leads come in. What kind of tools do you use to measure that? Right. Because, you know, like one of the things that you're talking about is, okay, so you put up, you know, six or eight different pictures and let it, you know, and just let that run. But, uh, you know, this isn't just a question of watching your Google analytics and, you know, and seeing what sticks. And also you need to know a little bit more about, you know, how to place these and making sure that you're putting them in the right channels, in the right uh, spaces so that they do get picked up and, you know, when people are actually reacting to them. 
What are some of your best tools for that? Well, so the, uh, funny enough, I, I am Mr. No, hand, no hands on tools. So I actually don't do any of that myself. I'm kind of more the 30 foot level kind of individual. So asking me what specific tools I have, I don't even have Adobe or anything on my own computer. I let my guys do their thing. So I'm, you know, a long time ago, one of my mentors had said, Ted, you know, in order for you to grow and scale and not have the business rely solely on you is you got to hire people that are smarter than you and love to do that part of the business. And so in terms of tools, I hire people to do that. But one thing that I I will tell your team, your, your audience right now is it's kind of like, how did you lose all this weight? Or how did you run the Boston Marathon? Is it because you, is it kale? Did you eat a lot of kale, right? A lot of people take digital marketing like that. It's like, so how did you get all that leads? Is it is it that is that one thing? Is it is it LinkedIn or no? Maybe, maybe it's Google Ads, or maybe you, did you write a lot of blog posts? And it's not that. It, it's it's holistic. Just like running training for the Boston Marathon, you're gonna have to do all of the stuff. And so when I mean all of the stuff, I mean managing the entire sales and marketing funnel, the content funnel. So top of funnel could be things like Google Ads or Pinterest posts or 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 Facebook or blog posts or or videos. Things that get people just to go like, I have never heard of one big tip podcast. You know, I've never heard of. So, so what is this? And because it takes about eight touches or so for people to even like register that they, you know, cause you get bombarded with ads so often, you know, think, well, Hey, this, I've seen this again. I've seen this again. Oh, this, maybe this is something that's of interest to me. And then you go into the middle funnel, which is landing pages, websites, maybe more thorough videos that is provide and that's content. It's not advertising. It's got to be content that it's actually something that your end user buyer is going to want to consume for the betterment of their business and their lives. It's free information, right? So you give that to them and you keep having them come back, create what's called bingeable content, right? Kind of like how we consume Ted Lasso or Star Trek or, you know, um, what's my wife watching Bridgerton. Right. And so like, you're just, you, people sit and they want to consume it all in one time. So you got to give enough content, have enough content on your platforms on probably just even on your website, your blog, just send people there, get them to read it, subscribe to your newsletter, start building that trust. And then the bottom of funnel is, you know, things like the conversion points using like heat mapping to figure out, you know, which, which buttons work well and get people to give you a call. And then you got to track, you got to track with a CRM system or even at, at, you know, a lot of my clients don't even have CRM systems. It's just too complicated for them because a lot of them are B2B kind of more old school. We just put them on an Excel sheet, just give it to them. Here's a call these people, tell us if they're relevant. And then when you actually get the leads, don't get discouraged. The first batch of leads typically suck, right? You might have like eight out of 10 garbage leads and two that are really good, but now you can track back as to these two leads are, are really good. So where did they come from? How what was the journey? What was the user journey? Cut off all the other garbage. That didn't work. Focus on these two and then send out a bunch of ads, do testing again. Now you're going to get another 10, 20 people that come through the door. Maybe some are good. Some are better. Focus on the better. Don't focus on the, you know, and then keep going and just, that's how you iterate. You get better. It's kind of like, you know, first time you lift weights, it's going to be like, oh, 15 pounds and my biceps are sore. And then eventually it'd be like 20 pounds, 25, 30, same thing. I love it. What a great explanation. Thank you so much, you know, for breaking that down. You know, what's real important here, you know, the iteration part, you know, which is what you said at the end, you're not going to get all of the information all at once. 
You have to make sure that you're pushing this stuff forward and that you are making a conscious effort to understand where it comes from and how it directly impacts your business. So thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, Ted, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your company and how they can reach out to you directly? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, Jeff, thank you very much for the time here. I had a lot of fun kind of sharing a little bit about my expertise and humbled at the fact that you would even invite me onto your show. So how you guys can get a hold of me, ballisticarts.com, website's kind of on the bottom of the screen. If you want just you know more information, there we have a blog, lots of useful content for people that are just getting into digital marketing to learn more. Also, I am a co-host for Marketing News Canada. It's a national podcast, kind of one of the, it is the the top rated um, podcast for all things marketing, advertising, and communications in Canada. And we have reach across North America and all over the world. We have guests from from all over, high-level CMOs uh, from all over the world. So you can reach out that way. And I'm always on LinkedIn. So that's kind of the, the one platform that I'm regularly on. And you can reach out. There's not a lot of Ted Lau's out there. So I think the only other Ted Lau out there is a, is a photographer in, in Hong Kong or Singapore. So I think you'll be, you'll, you'll be finding me fairly easily. Amazing. Ted, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. I love nerding out on this stuff and it's just really great to be able to talk about how all of these different data points come together in order to make, in order to create a great advertising campaign. So thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Jeff. And to the audience, have a great Friday. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.